This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay. All right, Cheryl, we're, we're doing it again. We're doing we, it again. We're doing it again. We've said we'd do it again, and we're doing it again. And we are. We are back to do it again, and we have, I think, a really great episode. It is. Yeah. It gets a little deep. Yeah. It gets a little deep at times. Yeah. Which is, you know, good, isn't it? Yeah, and I say we just start in, you know. We just we don't dive right to, in. Yeah, dive we right in. We just dive right in, because it's a really... I would say it's one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded. Really? I think so. Really? Yes. Thomas is nodding yes. I, I think wow. it was really good. All right. Well, because we're talking about someone that we both deeply, deeply love. Deeply love. So, ladies and jerks, welcome to Love Gilda. It all started when Tig and Cheryl met in the mid-2000s. Hey, nice to meet you, Tig. I'm Cheryl Hines. Hi, Cheryl. I'm Tig Notaro. Should we do a podcast about documentaries? Yes. A podcast about documentaries. Is this microphone on? Five furious frogs fiddling faintly. Furious frogs fiddling faintly. Five furious frogs fiddling I am the first ever podcast. And Tick and Cheryl are following in the sound of my footsteps. Let's get started. I'm so ready. Tig and Cheryl. True story. Hey, Tig, hey. Hey, Cheryl, hey. Oh, how are you? Doing all right. We're doing an earlier session, which is why my hair looks like this, which is why it always Yeah, I was looks, about to say, your hair doesn't different. look any different. Yeah. Well, the back. <laughs> I see. Usually by the end of the day, the oh. back is settled down a little. But it's early and the back well, is Well, I usually like, have showered. Uh-huh. Yeah. This I, is me not showered and good morning. You're adorable. Good morning. You're adorable. Adorable, right? Adorable. Good morning, hair. Good morning. And you look the exact same 24 hours a day, No, I woke up and showered because I was, I needed a, I needed a hose down. (laughs) Yeah. Why is that? Uh, Just because, I just because, I I got, I got a, it doesn't, it's not interesting, but that's what our show is about. Um, I got a facial yesterday and she put a lot of goop on my face, so I didn't want to wash it off. Uh Uh-huh. See, it's not interesting. No. But my face is glowy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mine is not. <laughs> my hair is. <laughs> your hair, hair has is a my your hair defies gravity even without product. Mm-hmm. Or is there a lot of product? No, it's just uh- good morning. <laughs> it's my hair just yelling out to the world good morning. Good morning. Well, we have a fun one today. I mean, fun yeah. and also... I mean... I know. Yeah. Tig, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. When you said, should we do this this documentary, I did have mixed feelings on it because, well, you know, we're talking about Gilda Radner today. And yeah. I have, I have like my own thoughts and feelings about her that are just sort of like, I didn't want to touch them or move them. Okay. Does that sound ridiculous? Uh-uh. Like, I, I've i always loved her, and I kind of didn't even want to know the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. But today we do find the st- about the story behind Gilda. Yeah. Today we're doing Love, Gilda. It's a 2018 documentary directed by Lisa De Apolito. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The film includes interviews with Gilda Radner's friends, as well as Gilda's diary entries, home videos, and personal audio tapes. 
Love Gilda premiered at Tribeca and is available to watch on Amazon Prime and Tubi. Mm-hmm. Okay, where do we begin? Well, you know, it's interesting. I have to say, I um, there was when this. It's funny because I forgot that I had seen this documentary, and I was invited mm. to. I don't know if it was the premiere or the screening, and mm-hmm. in fact, I think I was even. I have such a bad memory. I think I even was speaking at this or presenting, introducing it or something. Okay. But I forgot. And then it's been years. You know, I think it came out in 2018. I 18? just said it two seconds ago. 2018. This goes okay. to show how much you listen to every word I say. That's right. Hanging on every word. Okay. It came out in 2018, but I think that I, when it was at, festivals maybe or Tribeca premiered at Tribeca also just said it I know but even before that I was somehow I'm so interested to see what I had to do with this but you feel like you had something significant to do with it not is this the whole story is this not whole story <laughs> but is this all. the whole story so you think at that you did oh <laughs> I basically had nothing to do with this, but I went to okay. something for this and I forgot about it. But I was watching it when this as, is as the, soon as it the started. worst story I've ever heard. Well, yes. did you hear your facial story? <laughs> By the way, I knew my facial story wasn't going to be good and I told you and you felt it I seemed like think, you wanted me to tell it. I don't think mine tell it is anyway. good. All I'm saying is I saw it before. I was at a screening yeah. years ago. And okay. um oh yeah. Thomas is showing us a picture. Love Gilda. Okay, okay it was 2018. Okay, oh, there I am. <laughs> I thought it was earlier than that. I thought it was in the early okay. days of it. But when I turned it on, I was like, God, this seems familiar. And then I was like, oh, I've seen this movie oh, yeah. before. But of course, yeah. it's been years and I forgot all the little details, but they were all yeah. coming back as I was watching it. So there's the end of my That's story. It. Wow, this is going to be. At I was going to say a page po- turner, At but what point did I say, Cheryl? I've got a great story in, about here Gilda. Comes a, a really great story. I said, in all fairness, you did not. I never did. I never said. Everyone, gather around. Here comes another <laughs> golden story of mine. It's a golden story. Okay, so Gilda Radner. I mean, it is interesting, and she was amazing and so it was just too hard for you to learn the details to to be honest Mm -hmm. with you yeah like i know that a lot of comedy comes from pain Mm -hmm. right so i know i know this and i know and sometimes i just love the comedy of somebody so much that that's that's all i want from that person Uh whatever they showed me Uh as a performer right is that ridiculous to say no. I mean, we all want different things. I mean, a lot of, most of the time I want to know more about the person, but even like, I mean, some actors, you know, uh, I don't know. Well, okay. So for instance, yes, then you would probably, if you and I didn't know each other so well, you would probably be like, I don't want to hear about your- Oh, don't tell me don't all tell the stuff me. about your back, about what just happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're just like, no. get on stage and do your nonsense. Go take that elsewhere. No, no, no. I think because Gilda Radner mm-hmm. is so iconic and she she was such an influence for me. Uh-huh. And she, I know that, you know, since she was one of the original SNL cast members and they say in this documentary that she, that Lauren Michaels had picked her first. Yeah. And she, her persona is fun and funny and... Mm-hmm carefree and i'm gonna do what's funny fuck it Mm -hmm. and i loved that but i'm not saying i'm not mature enough to well but some people do feel like um why do public figures have to share their story and whatever and you know i don't know if that's where you stand but i you know obviously certainly shared my story over and over again (laughs) well i'm Um, glad you did what bet are you? Are you? <laughs> I don't know my, why my voice went up so high when I said it. But I mean, it's even like, uh, it's even like, um, 
Carol Burnett or Lucy Ball, mm. you know, it's like there's part of you that just wants to remember Lucille Ball with, you know, all the funny things. And then and then when you find out her story and it's like, oh, wow, there was a lot going on. Sometimes you want to know it all and sometimes you don't. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. and I'm whispering, yeah. Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase was also one of the original cast members. I loved Chevy Chase. Yeah. So funny. So, I mean, my God, he just lit up the screen and he was SNL. My mother was in love with him. Yeah. I mean, and then like sometimes knowing what you know, Uh you're like, ah, shoot. (laughs) Right. You know, when you're saying this, it reminds me of, are you somebody where you're like, I don't want an open casket. I don't want to go see an open (laughs) casket. Just close the casket. Let me remember how I remember them. That's a good question. Thank you. (laughs) Because I'm a Catholic, and I think that's part of our cultures mm-hmm. we have open caskets mm-hmm. and it is weird when i do see an open casket i'm like no that's not that's not really the it is weird yeah but i also it depends on what frame of mind i'm in are you gonna have an open casket i don't think people want to see that I'd, I'd swing by and look i know i feel like you would poke me yeah you'd be like you would like <laughs> poke me like and my sister would be my I know my sister so well. She uh-huh. would be outraged at whoever did my hair and makeup. Like, this is not <laughs> this is not what she looks like. Who did this? Well, she's dead. <laughs> well, she's dead, you guys. Get over it. I want to be cremated. Let it let it be known. I want to be cremated. Okay, so no no one last viewing of Um, you can come by and see me on my deathbed. And, but then oh. I'll have them cremate me, and then I want them to spread my ashes on your head. <laughs> what if I'm just like laying out by my pool one day, and then all of a sudden all these ashes just rain down? <laughs> I'm like, oh, Tig. Stephanie's like, this is what she wanted. <laughs> this is what she wanted. Oh, Tig. And I'm having barbecue, and everybody's like, what? I go, you guys, it's just Tig. Don't worry about well, it. Well, Tig was barbecued. So it would be perfect. Oh, we were really starting in such a dark place. And by the way, Mm -hmm. this documentary is not a dark documentary. And Gilda did not have a like secret dark past. So I'm just, Mm -mm. I feel like we're really telling people, we're trying to telegraph something that's not even there. You did it. (laughs) It's your fault. So I completely won't feel any thing differently about you but with me sharing all of my stuff where you kind of like eh, just reel it in no I oh my god no I never felt like that and maybe because I know you you mm-hmm. know I know the whole person and it's okay if you feel that way I truly don't oh I would tell you I would be okay. like look I'm glad we're having this talk. Yeah. No, I I know that this is part of who you are and part of your journey and part of what makes you funny and what makes you vulnerable. And and I think there's something about, you know, people maybe older than me that people that you look up to. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever been with a a celebrity who you love Mm -hmm. and then some, a fan will come up to them and they'll dismiss them or something Mm -hmm. and it just makes me feel like oh god Mm -hmm. i wish i didn't see that so you don't you anywhere from like here's my rough past to hey i don't have time for you scram clown to a fan (laughs) you don't want to see any of that you just want the sparkling performer no i want to see it on my own terms i want to see when i'm ready Uh So I do like that that there are documentaries and books and people share. And mm-hmm. there are some people like Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. Molly Shannon, mm-hmm. really funny people mm-hmm. who have had significant loss in their lives, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of their makes up who they are. And I want to know that, but I, I'm, I like to learn it when I'm ready to learn it. It's so interesting. No, it's so interesting because there is a a part of you 
that I'm always fascinated by because you've had significant loss in your life. And we don't have to go into anything you don't want to talk about. But I'm always like, wow, it's it's a very private, personal thing for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I have a hard time... You know, I have to find uh, I have to find a place in my within myself to keep it because mm-hmm. I because unlike you, mm-hmm. who you're able to combine the worlds mm-hmm. of pain and comedy, and mm-hmm. I have to sort of keep it separate. So it's interesting that we're saying this because then that's how I think of other people, right? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm realizing while we're talking it through. Of just like, right? That's what you do. And that's, and so it's, uh, it's how I need to, it makes sense. See it. Oh my God. We have not even, let's take a break and we'll get, dig, we have not even started. (laughs) Wait, this is the worst. No, I think people will really appreciate the the conversation we just had. Will they? Of course they will. It's fascinating and it's. People are complicated and people, people are complicated and not that you're falling on this part of the spectrum, but there are some people that are like, don't tell me a thing about your personal life. Even if you're dying, just shut your trap. And then there are other people that are like, tell me, I'm, I'm not going to tell you a single thing about my personal life, whether I'm going through marital issues or I've lost very close loved ones or I'm dying. It's just none of your business. And then there's me where I'm like, good morning. I have cancer. Here are my breasts and mascara. Yeah, here's my show without a shirt on. Um, So I think it's really interesting and there's nothing right or wrong, you know? Yeah. I took the criticism from people and still... Oh, did some did some people say? Oh yeah, people were like, "This is weird. This is disgusting. This is not like I'm flipping through the TV. I don't need to look at the, you know." And mm. and then there's other people that were criticizing, but weren't as harsh. But it was still like, "Okay, I hear you," but I'm also like really comfortable with the decisions I made. This is what yeah. I wanted to do with my material, my comedy, my career, and I. Everybody can have their opinion, and it yeah. doesn't change how I feel. But let's yeah. take a break, oh, and we'll geez. come back we haven't on even Tig talked. and Cheryl True Story Comedy Podcast. <laughs> We're really going to get to some comedy when we get back. Yep. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back on Tig and Cheryl, okay. True Story. All right. So Gilda Radner was, she was born and raised in Detroit. And she always wanted, you know, you could tell that she she just wanted to be on stage. Yeah. She was born a performer. She loved to perform. I thought it was very interesting to see that she was, I guess, I don't know if you would call her overweight. Mm-hmm. Would you call her overweight as a child? She wasn't skinny. Well, so, yeah. She wasn't skinny. Thin. Um and it sounds like her mom had an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got? Yes. One million percent. Yeah. Because when she was, what, 10, her mom put her on uh, diet pills. Uh-huh. So that's that's kind of odd to begin with, don't you think? Well, there was obviously uh, an issue going on there because not to spill beans, but later in life when she wrote right. home to her mother, it was 
important that she say, I'm happy, I'm skinny. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, right off the bat, like, okay. Mm-hmm. But she seemed like she had a nice upbringing. Mm-hmm. She had she came from money. They were wealthy. They go to Miami Beach in the winter. Mm-hmm. and But also that seemed like part of her sort of struggle. She felt like she could never really get attached to any place because she was going back and forth. Yeah. She loved food. Yep. She loved snacking. <laughs> hung out in the pantry, right? She hung out in the pantry, which, by the way, I do That's my where the best food is. eating in the pantry. Or over the sink. Over the sink. Over well, you're the just letting sink. the crumbs and the Over the whatever trash can. Tr- Hello. Tr- we are tr- celebrities are just like you. <laughs> and you're you just know letting this magazine. Stuff yes. crumble down and dribble off and you don't care because yeah. you're over the sink. Yeah, you're, you're over, over the, the sink. Can. You're over the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> We're all people We're all eating food same. in the pantry. Eating food as fast in the pantry. As we can. Yeah. And then let's see. Were you surprised? Oh, none of this was surprising to you because you'd seen it, you said. I had seen it and I had also read the book. It was interesting because my mother was the world's biggest Gilda Radner fan. She, she just was. loved her. And I remember I bought Gilda's book from my mother. Oh. And I wrote a note to my mother in that book. And then uh, when my mother died and I was going through her things, uh, I found that book. And oh. uh, not to share more personal stories, but it was <laughs> no, please. it was crazy to be home dealing with my mother's funeral and going through her things and then finding that book and not knowing I was about to find out I had cancer. I didn't know oh, yet. Wow. And so I was wow. reading this note to my mother. Oh, wow. In Gilda Radner's book. I... And then like a month later, I got diagnosed. That's what they call meta, mm-hmm. don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And how do you know? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, not even in five minutes. We don't know. But by the way, my sister, Dr. Rebecca Hines, and I were, you know, we had Gilda's album. Mm-hmm. We knew every word to every song. Yeah. We listened to it. It was the funniest thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So I have. So watching this documentary just whoa took me back to, you know, those early days of SNL. Even though I was really very very young. Yeah. I look. We watched it as a family. I mean, it was the night we stayed up. Yeah. Tried to stay up. And we tried watched to stay SNL. Up. And uh, it was the original cast. Gilda, because she was, I couldn't tell if she was did get bullied or. Her mom and or nanny were saying, if you get bullied because of your weight, mm-hmm. like you need to make a joke first yeah. to sort of disarm that person and yeah. show them it doesn't matter to you. That's not going to hurt you. Yeah. So Gilda said, you know, so I would make fun of my, my weight first before somebody else did, mm-hmm. which is interesting, mm-hmm. you know. It's a little heartbreaking and it's also... Whew, Life is tough and yeah. also shaped her, mm-hmm. you know, shaped her personality and her comedy. I was shocked, and we've talked about this before, about how much footage there was mm-hmm. of her as a young girl. I know. Once again, you it's and like I. When somebody's an icon. <laughs> parents know to pull out the video camera. Now every person's going to be an icon because there's plenty of video of everyone now. Right. But it's so insane. It's like the most iconic oh. people, their childhood was completely documented. <laughs> How did you? There were pictures of her. There was, there were videos. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was film at the time of her doing skits and her yeah. at yeah. school and her and her, you yeah. know, school outfit and her, her doing. I was just like, what? I guess that's involved parents. Is and what maybe, that is. And maybe money, money, oh, money. money. I don't know. Money and parents that are involved in their kids' life. <laughs> <laughs> they were there at the play. They were there in her house. They were they were just there. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting to me that there was so much. And now I'm embarrassed that I don't know this and I didn't even look it up. Mm. Well, there's so much um, audio of mm-hmm. Gilda. Mm-hmm. 
did she do a pass at her book where she did the audio for it? I don't know. There's no I feel like Thomas is maybe researching that. Were there audio books back then? It says she made a lot of the audio recordings while she was writing her book. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But again, another icon that knows well enough to go ahead and record her voice before she dies. So when Gilda was 12, her father developed a brain tumor. Her father was, she said her father was older when when he had her. He Mm -hmm. was in his 50s, I think, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he passed away two years later. And Gilda makes a joke that the loss stopped her from developing from a girl into a woman. I think she was 14 at the time. Mm -hmm. So she was like, that's usually when girls develop into women. But she felt like it stunted her. Yeah emotional growth hearing that question in the documentary what made you funny or what people ask me what made me funny you know when she was saying that or somebody else was saying that and then people give their examples of what made them funny whether it was they were overweight as a child or their father died or their parent wasn't around or they moved all the time or there are plenty of people that that happens to that are not funny They're not funny. And that is the elusive mystery of yes, what makes people funny. You're right. Because almost, I would say, I don't know one person who now can look back at their childhood and say, everything was great. Mm -hmm. I did not have one struggle. Mm -hmm. Everybody has some sort of struggle. Even people that are born... (laughs) <laughs> did you not? Of course. You know, of course I did. <laughs> now, you were the one that was smoking when you were, what, yeah. four years old? I was old. smoking in the womb. That was my <laughs> first pack were. of cigarettes. I, you were. I came out of Marlboro. my mother choking on smoke and, and like drunk. The, I was drunk. When your mother gave birth, first the mm. lit Marlboro came yeah. out, yeah. and then you there came was, out. After. There was a little bit of smoke, and then the tip of the cigarette... <laughs> And then a little baby, a little <laughs> drunk the- baby that was already addicted to chain smoking. And then you popped out. And I'm like, and I'm gay. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. But you're right, I think. But when people who are funny and they're probably asked to look back and say what made you funny, mm-hmm. you know, they're recalling the things that shaped them as a person. And just like somebody who's very serious, very, maybe they're very smart, maybe mm-hmm. they're they excel in one thing they look back and go oh maybe it was the time when I had to wear leg braces for two years and it really gave me a different perspective on life right all of those things can be interpreted or used in any way to for somebody to say that that's why I am this way and it might be the reason they're those ways but it doesn't always make somebody funny (laughs) you know It really doesn't. And I know people that have, as far as they are concerned, had very little trauma in their life. And so funny. And still very funny. Very No, You think you're born with it? You're kind of born. I don't know. I don't know. But man, Gilda Radner, I feel like she... Born with it. Yeah, I I don't... I just think she was, I'm not, I'm not saying anything unusual, but I think she was really something special. She was definitely something special. I mean, something special. And she was because she went for it, right? Mm-hmm. So women, and we've sort of talked about this a little bit, and things have definitely changed, mm-hmm. but women are, in our culture, in most cultures, I would think, are mostly celebrated for their beauty. Thank you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so somebody like Gilda, she really seemed to check her ego at the door, did not care if people Would make any face, would do any noise and movement. Yes, she didn't care if people thought she was unattractive or weird or gross. Which only makes somebody more attractive. I know. I am so attracted to funny people. Yes. And I always find it 
so uh, when I'm out to eat or having coffee somewhere and I look over and I see somebody that I don't know, and it's a woman mm-hmm. that is going for it in a conversation yeah. and like yeah. really delivering a funny story and like yeah. nailing, not just like someone that thinks they're funny and they're telling a funny story, but like somebody yeah. that's like an unknown Gilda Radner is sitting next to me yeah. type feeling. I I do become so aware of how unusual it is to see women act like that. Yeah. It catches me. And I'm like, whoa, look at her really selling Just that like, and going being, for it. Yeah. Do you know uh, Sarah Rue? Mm-mm. The actress Sarah Rue. Sarah Rue is very funny. And she said, we were talking one day and she said, I love to watch guys eat. Mm. <laughs> so why? And she goes, because they don't care what they look like. They don't care. And they are just like, they're shoveling it in. And they're if it's good, they're making faces that it's so good. <laughs> she <laughs> would love to eat with my sons. <laughs> but she said, women don't eat like that. Women are like, oh, take a little, break a little piece off. And they're like. Dab you know, the put, corner of your mouth with your napkin. Dab the corner. But, she, <laughs> but it is, but it's that sort of feeling like. Like you're saying, telling a story or doing comedy where it's like, I don't give a shit what people yeah. think about me. I'm right. doing it. Which is funny because you hesitated before you said shit. I know because I worry. And you know why? <laughs> now I'm concerned because I know some of our listeners are listening with their four-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm worried about. But I can't. I got to not. I don't know. Do you Can worry I, about it? Well, I'm not too worried. But um, uh-huh. I um have to tell you. Yeah. Max and Finn were asking about um, Jewish people and their religion and holidays. And Stephanie was like going into it with them and explaining to the best of her ability what she knew. And then they were like, do we know any Jewish people? And Stephanie said, yeah, Sarah and Rory are Jewish. And Max goes, why the hell didn't Mayor tell us that? That's what <laughs> they call me, Mayor. <laughs> Not that that's the worst cuss word, but that was a a recent thing. Why oh, we have to take hell? a. Why the oh. hell didn't Mayor tell us that? <laughs> okay, we have to take a break, and we will oh, be back boy. to talk about Gilda, Gilda Radner. Radner. Okay. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. On Tig and okay. Cheryl, true story. If this is your first time here in the show, this is what <laughs> it is. It's not going to get better than this. <laughs> uh, okay, Gilda. Uh, she went to University of Michigan. She was in a comedy troupe called Eastbound Mound. Gilda had a lot of boyfriends. She never graduated because she fell in love with a guy named Marcus, who was a Canadian sculptor. Mm-hmm. And Gilda said she just wanted to be a homemaker and a wife. Yeah. And she did that for a while. And then she realized she was really missing mm-hmm. um, the not theater. Not hmm? She was really missing not being a <laughs> She housewife. was like, you know what I don't want to do? <laughs> be a homemaker. Is what I moved to another country for. <laughs> and soon after she um, auditioned for Godspell, even uh-huh. though she could not sing well. And she told them when she when she went out to audition, she's like, I'm not a singer. And then she like went balls to the wall uh, with her audition. I love her voice. And they show um, Martin Short. Uh-huh. I mean, I call him Marty because I know him. <laughs> Me too. Um, Braggadocious <laughs> alert! That was a double. Yep. 
But do you call him? Do you call him Marty? Yes. Yeah. There is no one funnier. He is another special he human. He is so. It's friggin' funny when he looks at you and he like does the soft focus with his eyes. You know uh-huh. he's not really. <laughs> he, he almost crosses him a little, but like you know that he can't possibly be seeing you in a clear way, <laughs> and that's part of his his um, he's delivery. So when good. He's, He's so freaking funny. But he was in um, Godspell. I think I just went out to eat with somebody in Toronto. <laughs> also a good story. From Godspell. Braggadocious <laughs> alert! <laughs> Eugene rem- Levy? No, Eugene Levy? it was this woman. I think she's more known in Canada, but she... Anyway. Wow. Yep. I, I can't wait to repeat stories. that at a cocktail party. <laughs> Gather round, gather round. Hey, guys. I had dinner with someone (laughs) in Toronto. Don't know who, don't know where, and I don't know when, but anyway, that's the story. Yep. Eugene Levy was in this, Godspell, Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Schaefer, Mm -hmm. and then I didn't know that Marty and Gilda dated on and off again. Did you Mm -hmm. know that? No, I didn't. I must have known because I've seen the movie before, but (laughs) I put it- It didn't stick with you. No, it didn't stick with me. Do you know what Stephanie said about Marty Short? What? She said, even if he's in a movie that is completely dramatic. Yes. And he shows up and does his kooky stuff. She said, it's completely, you never feel like it's out of place. Like he's always perfect. Right. Right. It's just like. It's true. Yeah. He can't help himself, I think. He cannot. It's so ingrained in him when he does, like, like I'm saying, when he slightly crosses his eyes and does the, <laughs> and looks at you. I mean, he can't. He's so he good. cannot. He can't help himself. So then she moved to New York, mm-hmm. and John Belushi called Gilda and mm-hmm. said, "Do you want to be in the National Lampoon Radio Hour?" Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the girl yeah. in the show? Yeah. Rude. Or a compliment. Well, probably at the time it was a compliment. Now. <laughs> now it's like. <laughs> it would be like, what <laughs> rock did you just crawl out from underneath to say, we do you want to be girl. the girl? <laughs> First of all, nobody's ever said that to me. Nobody's ever said <laughs> Do you want to be the do girl? Do you want to be the girl? <laughs> God. And then they expanded it to a stage show, the National Lampoon stage show directed by Ivan Reitman. Mm-hmm. And then Lauren Michaels recruited Gilda Redner for SNL, which is interesting because like we said, Lauren is in this and he says that he chose her first. Yeah. Which I loved. I didn't yeah. know that. Mm-mm. I'd say I didn't either, but I've already seen the documentary, so I did know that. <laughs> On so. some level, yeah. you must you must yeah. have known it. But it does make sense, and it's it's cool. It was kind of cute to see Lauren Michaels young. Yeah. He was cute. It's funny to see all these people, you know, to see Lorraine Newman mm-hmm. and Bill Murray. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just really, it's like when you see that original cast, doesn't it like do something to yeah, you yeah it's, it's cool. i remember i was on some pilot for some terrible comedy thing where <laughs> yeah. people did stand up and sketch and it just was this terrible thing and i remember the producer coming out and saying <laughs> i i feel like i'm looking at the first cast of snl right now <laughs> and we were all just like we knew in our hearts that that was not what this show was. And sure enough, it didn't get picked up. But um, anyway. Oh. <laughs> That's when you're like, okay, this yeah. is never going to work. Yeah, if- yeah. Let me just take the money and run. <laughs> and then we find out, I also didn't know that Gilda and... Did they say that Gilda and Chevy Chase also had a thing? Mm-hmm. Gilda and Bill Murray had a thing. Yeah, I Gilda. think she made her rounds. Yeah, and yeah. Dan Aykroyd, which, by the way, is pretty normal. Of course. In a theater the comedy production. world. In the theater <laughs> world, the comedy world. I made my way around the comedy world. Yeah, we, we, all, we all did. Yeah, my wife did. <laughs> Listen, you're around people that make you laugh. Yeah. Like you said, there is nothing more attractive mm-hmm. than somebody who makes you laugh. And right. you're just like, I guess, I guess we're going to do it. 
Here it goes. I guess this Saturday night is you and me. <laughs> you make me laugh so hard. I'm going to need to see you naked. But by the way, it does not always transfer mm-hmm. into good sex. Or a relationship. Or a relationship. <laughs> We're ever wanting to talk again. <laughs> Going home like oh god, oh god! Oh, I didn't, I didn't need to. Well, I didn't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gilda, she talks about in this that she excelled at playing childlike characters, mm-hmm. which is funny because that's how you remember her, right? Judy yeah. Miller, mm-hmm. Emily. Le- I also thought about Le- how simple that name is, just Judy Miller. Judy Miller. You know. Not even like, trying to make it funny. Yeah, it's yeah. just Judy Miller. Yeah. And Amy Poehler is in this for a minute, uh, Maya Rudolph and, you know, so uh, Melissa McCarthy. But um, Amy Poehler was funny. She's she's so great. But she was saying, and this isn't true. Like, you're watching her say this, and you know it's not true. But she was talking about how she was such a Gilda fan, and she said that um, Amy says that she just stole all of her characters from Gilda. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not true. But um, she was inspired by her, of course. Yeah. I'm always confused. When somebody doesn't love Gilda Radner, it feels like when somebody says they don't love the Beatles. And maybe you don't love the Beatles. I don't love the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had a feeling that was coming. I love the Rolling Stones. Okay. All right. That's, Do I'll you give love you the Rolling pass. Stones? I love them both. Yeah. I love the Equally? Who. Equally? No, I love the Beatles more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the Beatles all right. I love the Stones, all right? The Beatles are so poppy to me, like beep, bop, beep, bop, bop, beep, beep. Well, but and did you hear Stones. the White Album? Things really took a turn. Mm. Anyway. What's a song off the White Album that I would know? It's none of your business. <laughs> you're not You're not worth, you don't care. You're not worth the discussion. No, you're not, you're not worth the discussion. But the Rolling Stones, I feel like they were so soulful and bluesy and also could be poppy, but just like counterculture where I feel like (laughs) people are going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. But I feel like the Beatles sort of, yeah, they did something different and exciting. And then they were the culture. Mm -hmm. And then the Rolling Stones were like, "Mm -mm, we're not the clean cut guys with the good hair. They used to be. In the early days. They did? Yeah. They were all suited up in nice um, outfits and little bowl haircuts (laughs) like the Beatles. So, yeah. Actually, Willie Nelson even dressed like that. Oh, my God. I would love to see that. I'm sure Thomas can send that to you. But Willie Nelson used to have short hair and wore a suit. Wow. Those days are gone. (laughs) (laughs) Those days are long Mm -hmm. gone. So when SNL came out, at first, uh, Gilda was saying nobody really paid attention to it that much, and it wasn't really a hit. And then people started really paying attention to it, and people were loving it. And she didn't even realize how famous they had all become because Mm -hmm. they were, you know, I've never been a cast member on SNL, but I have a lot of friends who've been on, and they all say, it's a grind, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all I hear. Yeah, you are grinding it out, and it's a lot. And you keep your head down, and you just work until the next show. Yeah. So apparently that's what they were doing, and SNL decided to do a live show from New Orleans. Uh Uh-huh. Or do you say New Orleans? No, I say New Orleans. Okay, New Orleans. And um, they were mobbed by fans. And just so you know, my family down there, Yeah. they say New Orleans. That's how locals also say it, is New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Wow. Tig, y'all need to come on out to New Orleans. <laughs> come visit us in New Orleans, baby. New Orleans. <laughs> when they were in New Orleans, Gilda had to wear a mask just to walk around because she was, she was so famous and people were mobbing her. Mm-hmm. And so... That seemed to make an impression on her, don't you think? Mm-hmm. That's when she, because she, she, she journaled a lot. Yeah. Do people journal still? I feel know. Some, so some like, do. like candlelight <laughs> quill. <laughs> Did journal. Mm-hmm. And then you dip it again with your feather. Yeah. 
Today, Dear I went out to the diary. world. Dear diary. Dearest diarrhea. I mean, no. Okay. A lot of people journal, and it's very uh, healthy, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. You know, it gives you perspective when you look back. Yeah, when I need to remember something that was like intense or hard yeah. or um, confusing, yeah. I will write out everything that happened. Yeah. And that is because with time passing, all those details go away. And right. it's so good to be able to reference it and be like, oh, right. Yeah. That happened. Yeah. And I mean, and we're really glad that Gilda did write so much because you mm -hmm. really got an insight to who she was. And, yeah. And then at some point, so Gilda started working with Alan's Weibel. Mm -hmm. And Alan is a writer. He was a writer on SNL. And they created Roseanne, Roseanne, Roseanne Adana. And Gilda won an Emmy. Mm -hmm. And then this cast was so, they were such superstars. Mm-hmm. Dan and John left to do the Blues Brothers, and then Gilda was kind of carrying the show, and she started thinking about, oh, what do I want to do next? Mm -hmm. Right? Because now they were all, I mean, Chevy must have been. It's so crazy that Chevy was only on one season. Was he? Yeah. So Gilda decided to do Gilda Live, a one-woman show of her childhood memories on Broadway, because mm -hmm. she said, I always wanted to be on Broadway. That's all I ever wanted. I wanted to sing and dance on Broadway. And she did. And then she's like, you know what? <laughs> I don't think that's really <laughs> my thing. I thought I wanted to do that. And I did. But it's, yeah, it's not my thing. Isn't that funny when that happens? It is so funny. But it's great. She mm -hmm. got to do it and realized, oh, yeah. So she did, a, she did this sort of rock and roll album, right? Mm -hmm. And she had a band, uh, the Gilda Radner Band, and this guy, G.E. Smith. Mm-hmm. I never heard of G.E. Smith until this he's, moment. I don't know if he's still on SNL, but he was the guitarist of SNL forever. And he was also Hall & Oates guitarist. Oh, so yeah. like the guy that's kind of featured in the front? Yeah, that's G.E. Oh. I don't know if he's still on, but... Um, There's no way to know. No. but uh, <laughs> absolutely no way we could know that. But I am kind of needing a little... Like, wow, Tig, you know your music. Oh, wow, yeah. Tig. Thank you. You really know your music. Okay. Thanks. So she met GE. Mm -hmm. They got married. Yep. Um, she quit SNL. Then she was trying to figure out, what do I want to do next? What do I want to do next? People were sending scripts to her, and they sent her a script for Hanky Panky. <laughs> By the way, I honestly had never heard of any of these films. <laughs> <laughs> Nor had I, but that's I, not surprising. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I was doing at this time in my life, but it was clearly not watching films. Mm -hmm. She did Hanky Panky with Gene Wilder, mm -hmm. and they fell in love, and she split up with GE. And then Gilda was madly in love with Gene, and they did a movie together called A Woman in Red and Haunted Honeymoon. I feel like I heard of A Woman in Red. A Woman in Red, I feel like maybe, maybe I have to, but I... Haven't committed to watching it, but I love both of those people. Gene Wilder, come on. And then they got pregnant, but she had a miscarriage, which I'm sure was very difficult. And mm -hmm. that's an incredibly hard thing to, to go through. And then Gilda started after Haunted Honeymoon came out. It got panned. People were not excited about it. And that's when Gilda started having pelvic pains and she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer mm -hmm. so this was a very difficult time for her i'm sure as it would be for anybody but yeah. she she really struggled with her identity mm -hmm. and she isolated herself and um i thought it was interesting too that she when she was in the hospital she watched a lot of uh, snl yeah. And her sketches on SNL. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too, but it also made sense. It did? Yeah. I'm sure when you're feeling that lost and sick and disconnected. It's a familiar. Yeah, it's like, it no, that's me. It brings back good feelings. That's me. This isn't me right now. Right. This isn't me. That's, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I, when I was watching it, I was like, whoa, I don't know that I'd be watching Curb 
mm-hmm. from 20 years ago. But when you say that, maybe that makes sense because it's like that was when you were sort of forming who you mm-hmm. were and what's funny about you. And yeah. So she started to gain, regain her sense of humor. She, she went into remission and, um, she wanted to, you know, get out there and be funny again and make cancer funny, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, Alan's Y. Bell was, I think, working on the Gary Shandling show. Mm-hmm. And Gary had Gilda on. Yeah. And that was the first time back. And, you know, you know, when he'd open the door and somebody yeah. would be there and the crowd went crazy. And that was such a nice moment. Don't you think? Yeah. I never saw the Gary Shandling show. But, I loved Gary Shanley. Yeah, well, I um, I only know that moment from seeing the documentary, and I remember that moment. Um, it stuck with me because when I told people I had cancer, yeah, there was a lot of like it wasn't that people were letting me know that I wasn't the first person, person to publicly say I had cancer in entertainment, but things would come up all the time, like, oh, you know, were you inspired oh. by? This Gilda. person, or you uh-huh. know that um, Gilda was the first one to do this, or you know this or oh. that, or and I was always like, <laughs> I don't, I was, I wasn't aware, I wasn't thinking of anything, I didn't think my show at Largo was going to go beyond the stage, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. Well, if somebody's listening and, and they don't know this part about mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. which is possible, mm-hmm. somebody just might be listening because they love documentaries. Yeah. And they're very disappointed if they're still listening. No, but Tig was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then she, you should tell the story. But then she she had a – I like that I say you should tell the story and I keep barreling. Yeah, through. go on. Uh, you had a show at Largo and someone happened to be taping it. Well, Largo taped it. Yeah, Largo and, happened um, to be taping it. Yeah. And you were very forthcoming about your diagnosis and your feelings about it. But also – in the way that only you can do it, mm-hmm. it was still funny. Mm-hmm. And it really connected with people. And that tape went viral. The album, yeah. It became album. an album. But I wasn't doing that because I was inspired by anybody that had had cancer. I didn't even know what celebrities had or had not talked about. I just was like... You were just in your mind. I was just... Yeah, I was just like, this happened. And then... Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway... So sadly, Gilda's cancer kept returning. She wrote an autobiography called It's Always Something about her experiences. And it was published two weeks after her death and became a bestseller. Mm-hmm. And Gene Wilder and Joanna Bull opened the first Gilda's Club in New York, a place to support cancer patients. And there are 14 Gilda's Clubs in operation today. And they're pretty amazing. And they actually go by a different name now. I know. I think it's the wellness. The wellness community or wellness. Thomas will Thomas will yeah. tell us. Because, you know, sadly, what yeah. I heard yeah. is a lot of people don't know who Gilda Radner is anymore. Right. So they had to change the name. Oh, right. Yeah. They merged with the wellness community to form the cancer support community. Okay. Yeah. I've done shows for this organization. And I, like I said, I showed up for the documentary and um yeah i have my little moments of being in the gilda orbit through my you know comedy and your comedy and all that and um but yeah i remember when they told me that it was just shocking because she's so iconic legendary the best of the best and then to have somebody say yeah we had to change our name just because people just mm. don't really know who she is anymore. And I'm well, like, oh my god, you guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I mean, I'm. I doubt my daughter knows who she is now that I'm thinking about it. But well, that's a terrible job on your. It really is. Part. I'm going to have a long talk. Okay. Now I'm just going to show her some funny things. But those uh, support groups, apparently, they are really important and life changing to a lot of people. Absolutely. And I have to say, as much as you hear about different, whether it's cancer, any other disease or any sort of help that you might need, you get so used to hearing about these organizations or these websites, and then you get diagnosed 
And you completely forget about anything that you've heard. That you've heard. It's just important to remember, or if you have a friend or family member that's going through something like this, there are so many incredible organizations out there. And this is one of them. And it's just, don't forget that that is why they are there for you to call them or email them and they can help you. They have so many resources. They can point you in the right direction. And when you're sick, you don't know where to go or what to do. I used to always say that having cancer, you need a, to be a doctor to understand what you're going through. It's really hard. So just don't forget that there are people out there that can help you. Yeah. I think that's so such good advice because even even when my my nephew was diagnosed with cerebral palsy, like you said, it feels like all of a sudden you're all of a sudden you're in a a black void. Yeah. You don't know what to do next and then if you can listen to someone say, why don't you try this, mm-hmm. you know, it changes everything. Yeah. Because now you're talking to people who have been in your shoes. They know where to direct you. They know, right. they know, they know. And I feel like a cliche in saying that you don't have to be alone. You're yeah. not alone. There are people out there. And that's what these organizations do. And when you're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know who to call. I don't know what doctor. I don't know. I don't in my town. I don't. These places can connect you. Yeah. Um, whoo. Mm-hmm. You know what? I mean, mm-hmm. I thought this, I thought this podcast, we were just going to be laughing the whole time. But see, it's like. You it's, never know what it's going to bring out. You never know what it's going to bring out. But this mm-hmm. is all important stuff. Um, That's basically. Yeah you know, Gilda, it's a very interesting documentary and you get to really see some such great clips from SNL back in the day. I think it's really well done. Yeah. Are you ready for final thoughts, Tig? Yes. It's time for Happily Ever After Thoughts, where we give our final thoughts on this week's documentary. Did you cry? I didn't, but I definitely felt a lot. You know... When I turned it on and I first saw her face, oh no, now I'm getting choked up. I can't, Shh, don't. And I first saw her face, I like yeah. started, no, I can't. I started crying. Yeah. You know, just because of what I said at the beginning, but yeah. okay, pull it together. I gotta you know what's my... amazing is every time you cry, you always have junk mail right next to you <laughs> to fan your tears away. I do. I have to. That's what it's yeah. here for. I'm trying to like keep my tears. And you in... have glasses on, so the fan doesn't quite get to your eyes. It's not getting it's... to the... No. Ooh. Okay. Well, I could tell when you were talking about your love for Gilda in the beginning and that you didn't want to... You weren't ready or you didn't know if you were ready. It's truly from love. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like my I remember my brother couldn't go to my grandmother's our grandmother's funeral. And it he wasn't wasn't, ready. It wasn't because because he didn't didn't love her. her. He we loved her like nobody's business. Yeah, I knew that. I knew I knew it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, Okay, who were you attracted to? You know, I would say. And I feel like he's famously a complicated person. We're going to say the same person. But in the early days, I would say Chevy Chase. Oh, yeah. He was so friggin' cute. Mm -hmm. And who who were you? Well, I also, you know, Bill, mm -hmm, Bill, Bill Murray. He's also, I mean, I'm sure a complicated person as well in a different way. I remember how much my mother would talk about how cute Chevy Chase was. And I remember as a kid, I was like, what? Um, Because I was like, he doesn't look anything like John Travolta. And um, (laughs) and then as an adult, I can see Chevy Chase from that time period and go, oh, he was really cute. Yeah. yeah. And so funny. I mean, it was that mixture. And so funny. Oh, but I also have to, I also had the biggest crush on Gary Shandling. Mm Mm-hmm. I really loved him. And then I, and seeing him in this for a minute was, you know, brought back feelings because I did get to know Gary. And when I went to Gary's um, memorial, mm-hmm. 
I really have one of those moments where I didn't think I was going to cry. I was crying so much and I had these little Kleenex tissues. You showed up thinking, I'm not going to cry. Yeah. Would you feel that way when you go to my memorial? <laughs> Do you be like, I'm not going to cry? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, what's interesting and fun and what people probably don't know is out here in LA and probably in New York, but I haven't experienced that. When a comedian dies, mm-hmm. comedians get together for their memorial and it Make is jokes. and it and they tell the funniest stories uh-huh. and jokes and it's yeah. fun and you're like oh my god this is the best yeah but gary it's another story but i went to the bathroom because i was like whoa i feel like maybe i've cried some of my <laughs> makeup off i looked in the mirror did i tell you, you look this like before? a drunk raccoon i know i had all this tissue like stuck to all of my <laughs> eyelashes and i it looked i looked like a crazy lady with weird white bubble eyelashes and i was like what has happened to me what has happened everybody like finishes roasting and joking about gary and then they're like our real concern is cheryl hines what happened to her taking a look at her she has lost it <laughs> i was a wreck and i've never seen my eyelashes in quite that condition before but um anyway okay whoa that was a tough one i mean ha- happy sad okay tig before we go would you like to hear some true fan mail yes this is from josh hey josh hey hey josh hey Okay, wow. Tig and Cheryl, thanks to your show, I can no longer listen to Brandy Carlisle. <laughs> I don't even read this out loud. Without hearing Cheryl's sweet harmonies, question mark, with it, by the way, I was not trying to harmonize. <laughs> that just goes to show I was not singing at all in the right key, but it's sweet, Josh, mm. that you think I was trying to harmonize. With Brandy's recent historic performance with Joni Mitchell at the Newport Jazz Festival, mm-hmm. the same was true. It was as if Cheryl were on stage <laughs> with them, too. <laughs> historic, perhaps a 2023 trio tour? Uh, boy, I'm sure they would love that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they would mm-hmm. love that. I'm sure they're listening, and so once they... Hey, Brandy, hey. Hey, Brandy, hey. Hey, Joni, hey. Hey, Joni, hey. Uh, Thanks for bringing joy and laughter each week. You're a gift to this world. Josh, thank you for thinking we're a gift to this world. (laughs) That is very, very sweet. Okay, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. And not true, but sweet. (laughs) Everything you said is not true, but thank you, Josh. Thank you. Okay. Well, we do like hearing from all of our listeners. Yes. And you know what we really like is, you know what I'm going to ask? Stop what you're doing. Yeah. Go online and rate. Our show? Rate the show. Rate the show. Give us a review. And uh, subscribe to it. Yeah, if you just want to rate it, you can just do that if you don't have a lot of time. But if you like us... (laughs) Only if you like what you're hearing. Stop what you're doing. Go on iTunes or whatever it is. Rate us because that helps us. It does. Okay. And you can follow us on um, Instagram. Yeah, whatever. Okay, Tig, anything you want to promote? Well, my other podcast, Don't Ask Tig, is back in action. And we got some great guests this season. So subscribe and rate that only if you like it. And... um. (laughs) I uh, I think my tour is probably over with by the time this comes out. Is that right, Thomas? Yep. So just buy my book, I'm Just a Person, or my album Live, which is um, when I announced that I had cancer. It's called Live. Oh, it's not called Live? No, everyone thinks it's called Live, and but I called it called that live. just so I could correct Yell at everybody and say, say no, no, it's Live. live. Angrily. You know, because most live albums are called, you oh, know. Live. Cheryl Hines, live. Live. Nope. Tignotara, live. Live. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. 
All right. Well, should we do it? Again? Do you have anything you want to promote no, other kid, than Curve, or I can sa- see it's your the same voice? Stuff. The... Well, you can follow me on Instagram. That's always fun. Just look at my name, and you'll see the little check. <laughs> you'll hear we... more about should Cracklin' we... Rosie and Dr. Becky Hines. We... And should we do it again? Curb your enthusiasm. Yes, let's do it again. Tig and Cheryl True Story is hosted by me, Cheryl Hines, and Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Willett, audio engineered and edited by Thomas Willett, with production assistance from Bobby Pearson. Music by David Sesson. Special thanks to Gabby Kobasic, Patrick McDonald, and Stephanie Allen. Follow us on social media for updates and review and rate True Story on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. You can email us at Tig and Cheryl True Story at gmail.com. That was a headgum podcast.